Welcome back to Kingdom Cast. This show host, Super Champ Chuck. We back at it with another episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and share all your social media platforms. We are back from a long vacation. Um, as you know, everyone knows that we all tend to draft, you know, except for D-Mac. D-Mac's coming from a different location. He couldn't make it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. We would have loved to have him, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, but speaking of D-Mac, he's making a debut on the show, man. Our new film analyst. So let's introduce him first. Might as well get that out of the way. Absolutely, man. Good to be here. Happy to be a part of the family, dog. I'm going to be breaking down some film on all the draft picks coming up here in the next week or so. And look, I said, and I'm happy to be a part of this, man. If y'all are great. I love talking about with all of you guys, you know, with it's on timeline and everything. And now we get to do it live. I'm like, ready to have some fun. Do live, do live. <laughs> and then y'all know the two people at the bottom, Kylie and Boogie. Uh, my guy, Country's not here. Um, yeah, some things to attend to, but he'll be back. So how y'all two doing down below? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, I just got back from vacation. I had a birthday, so I'm feeling Mm -hmm. a lot wiser. And um, the draft. Yeah, so it's been like a really crazy couple weeks, but I'm happy to be back talking ball with you guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm good, man. Like you said, that draft, I'm I'm happy the draft is over. That made we closer and closer. It's almost training camp time, so... I had a lot of fun at the draft. I'm ready to talk Chiefs now. I'm refreshed. Yeah, refreshed is a great word. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, yeah, let's get down to it, man. Let's get down to discussing our NFL draft experiences overall. Um, I was down there for day one and day three. Uh, I know about, I don't know about everybody else, but day one was crazy. Let's talk about day one. Day one was insane, man. Like, for a second there, I felt like it was a little bit chaotic, but only because – it's all 32 NFL teams there, like, full of fans. It's not just us here at Chiefs Kingdom. So it was a little different from that aspect. And, you know, at the same time, just that, you know, that setup, man, that stage, you know, the fountains in front of it and just in the NFL draft experience, just everything all in one, man. Like, Kansas City put on an incredible event. You know, shout out to the Kansas City Sports Commission for uh, setting all that up uh, with the National Football League. And great job, man. Like, I believe he had over 300,000, uh, 10 10 NFL drafts, so they did numbers, and I think that was, like, second right behind Nashville within, like, the past six NFL drafts. So, mm-hmm. great job, Kansas City. But, yeah, uh, day one was crazy, man. I mean, that stage and everything, but, like, as the draft went along, you know, I mean, seeing that we weren't going to trade up or we tried to trade up, and, unfortunately, no team wanted to trade up with us. You know, my, my back started hurting stuff. It was like, man, I had to give myself a little lower back massage here and there, you know what I mean, because I wasn't about to sit on that ground. <laughs> I was about to sell that grass, man. So, uh, but I had fun the first night, man. I mean, what what y'all think, man? Because Kylie and Boogie, I definitely ran to y'all on day one. So, uh, so I thought it was awesome. It was a little bit of a hike to get in, which was probably the worst part of it. But once you get in, it's just it was just this like I don't even know big cloud heaven, just <laughs> like football stuff everywhere. I don't know how to explain it, like. There were just fans, everybody, everybody was, even though there were different teams, like everybody was like-minded in the sense that like we were all there for football. And it was really cool to see super fans from other teams that I didn't know had super fans. It's <laughs> like, you don't think about it being a Chiefs fan. You're like, there's no way no one feels this way about another team. But then like you see, like I saw like this Jet super fan and I was like, huh, okay. <laughs> so it was really cool. I loved interacting with all the other fan bases. I thought it was awesome. 
I mean, I I loved every bit of it. We uh, when I first came in, I ran into Priest Holmes, so that my draft was already a ten out of ten, just because I ran into <laughs> Priest Holmes, and he mm-hmm. came up and said something to me. But then, like you said, it, I, hot take my first hot take today. I think the draft was better than the parade. Both. Mm. Of them. Okay. Got, just me personally. I don't know if it was because of the weather. I think that may have played a fact factor into it, but I, I loved the draft. It was fun. Met a whole bunch of people from Twitter. Uh, nothing else you can ask for, man. Chiefs picked a hometown guy. That kind of was cool to end the night. So I, I thought it was. I thought it was a definitely better than I thought. I give credit to the mayor, all of them, whoever did something with that. They did a good job on that. So D Mac, like, so D Mac, what was your perspective? You know, watching from the TV and everything, just how it looked overall. Yeah, it looked amazing. Uh, the stage in front of the fountain it was really, really nice, and they showed a bunch of pictures of it. Obviously, the when they took the tracking shot all the way up to the monument, it was awesome to see all those people kind of <laughs> packed in there. Um, and yeah, no, kind of like how Kylie described it, it seemed like it was a great atmosphere full of football fans. They were all there. Uh, just to see all the draft picks. And I thought what they did in the green room with Union Station, um, everybody in the, in the backstage with the prospects, I thought that was really cool set up. That every, it seemed like everybody was kind of spaced out, but everybody had their own room and everything. So I thought it was a great, great showing for Kansas City. Obviously, the whole entire weekend was, uh, and I heard nothing but great reviews. And like Chuck said, 312,000 people came in. Uh, for it, somebody made the joke that the parade was the uh, the uh, trial run for the actual draft because that was a much bigger production and everything. But yeah, NFL did a great job. Kansas City did a great job. Looked great on television. So I thought it was a great uh, great uh, viewing experience as well. We broke that uh, television uh, record too, didn't we? Most watched draft. I'm sure it was. <laughs> yeah, it was, <laughs> would, it was definitely up there. Yeah, it was definitely up there for sure. Um, but yeah, man, like. Overall, I mean, you know, day one, we knocked that out the way. I mean, of course, I met some folks out of town, too, like Boogie mentioned from Twitter. You know, that was great, uh, like the night before, day one, and then just throughout the course of, you know, the entire weekend, you know, it was great seeing – it was great seeing those people, you know, kicking with them, uh, seeing – interacting with other fans, too, you know what I mean, like in different areas and everything. But on day three, you know, the crazy part about day three is that, you know, like I got – just sit close to the stage and everything, man. Like, and they didn't, they weren't even checking tickets. They weren't even checking our phones or nothing to see if we had those seats. They just let people in, man. Like, mm-hmm. it was crazy. And also, what's crazy is that I won that Super Bowl helmet. <laughs> That's pretty dope. Uh, like, it's it's right in front of me or whatever. So it looked fire. Fire. Yeah, man, it's crazy. And like, and the question was, uh, Patrick Mahomes. What was Patrick Mahomes' like longest touchdown pass? And who was the receiver that caught it from? And it was Demarcus Robinson because I remember right. being at that game, at that Raiders game specifically. Was it that's 2018, right? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was cold. It was freezing. It was windy as heck. It, it was pretty miserable. But I remember being at that game and seeing that touchdown just basically seal, you know, capped off Patrick's 5,000 yard, 50 touchdown season. So. Mm-hmm. I think that was the 50 touchdown uh, to Demarcus Robinson. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. great. That's <laughs> awesome. No, but that helmet, it's like all matted in red stuff. That looks that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Congratulations. Uh, appreciate that. Appreciate that. Thank you. Chuck, while we on this draft, um, man, we, we got to talk about something else, man. All right. What we got? 
we got to talk about that kick. <laughs> yes, the experience of the kick, of course. <laughs> we got a lot of questions we need answered on that. They was in my mentions today. They want to know, was those lugs you had on? Man? <laughs> they was not lugs. No, I, I definitely showed out the picture of me actually wearing Air Maxes. They're the Olympic uh, Fire Rings edition, as a matter of fact. So, no, they was not lugs. <laughs> but, yeah, man, uh, yeah, that kick was pretty terrible. I ain't going to hold you. Uh, form, everything, you know. And, by the way, that finger point, that was just me trolling, man. I know it was a field goal. Hey, I, look, I was just <laughs> just put the finger up. It was like, there's no ref. There's nobody around it. We never <laughs> Listen, I commend you for even trying. I walked by that thing a couple times, and I was like, my – ass would be on the ground i'd slip and fall and be i'd miss the ball i would not be good so i commend you you did a great job <laughs> well look yeah. you could have put that on tape and you could have gone in the second round to new england the way that people were uh, taking kickers at the draft so you've been fine dog you've been good <laughs> oh my goodness dog i'm still trying to figure out why they trade up for a kicker but that's a different story for a different day we'll get to the gist of the draft here in a sec but yeah mm -hmm. man uh, that's not the only thing i did i'll say this man Shout out to the fast pass, man. That fast pass came in so clutch because I got to skip the line and mm -hmm. pretty much almost do everything on day three. So that was pretty nice. incredible. You know, I got to toss the football around. I did the 40-yard dash on slow as hell. Say I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, say I ran the fives. I'm very slow as hell. You ran that Orlando <laughs> Brown Jr. time? <laughs> Lord, it was bad. I didn't look – I mean, I didn't lose, you know what I mean? But it was mm -hmm. pretty bad. <laughs> What'd you run? Uh, you gotta tell us. Myself, man. Oh, let's say I ran, it's let's like that. Say I ran the fives, man. I'm gonna say I ran the fives, man. That's all. You ran good for a kicker. We'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. funny, man. <laughs> no, nah, it looked like man. there was a bunch of experiences around there. It looked like they did a great job for sure. Oh, uh, yeah, Chris. Yeah, man. Uh, we haven't reached monetization yet, man, but we're getting close, man. Uh, spread the word about our pod and we can get there. You know, we're almost at 700 subscribers now. We just got to get to 1,000, 4,000 watch views, watch hours, I mean, and we'll get there. So, yeah. I appreciate you wanting to donate, though. Grind to a grand, man. We're going to be there soon. Yeah. Hashtag grind to a grand. Uh, but yeah, man. Uh, but also on day three, I also ran to Jason Dunn. Shout out to Jason Dunn, former Chiefs tight end, co-host of Chief Concerns. Called with him for a little bit. You know, that was pretty dope. Uh, but overall, man, it was just a great experience, man. And that's just something that's that's just that's gonna be memories that's gonna last for a long time. So for sure, absolutely. Now that's a that's a similar moment for uh, all the Kansas City. Uh, you know, when and now that we can, you know, talk about the draft picks a little bit, though, but Clark Hunt coming out with the two Super Bowl trophies already out there and then bringing out the third to announce the pick. Chill I mean, <laughs> those are, those are <laughs> oh, that's funny. But no, look, it's it's awesome. The Chiefs are uh, the Super Bowl, uh, the center of the NFL world right now. And that was just uh, another piece of evidence in it. Yeah, were you guys like, what do you think about people being mad about the trophies being on stage and all that? Oh, man. I was like, fake, get over it. The fake, the fake outrage stuff, man. Oh, my goodness. 
I love it. I, I, I enjoy every single time that somebody is upset about it. Because look, we earned this. We went through all of the bad times to win like this. And guess what? If you want it, take it from us. If you can't, oh, well, you have to sit here through it. Big facts. I love all the crying. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better. Yeah, I was like, man, this fake outrage, man. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, I'm with you, D Mac. Like, if y'all don't want us to win any more Super Bowls, man, tell your GMs, your front office to be a little better, just a little better. I mean, you saw what the Philadelphia Eagles are doing; they loading up on Georgia Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. You know, they just won the national championship, so really yeah, trying really to get killing it, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, let's go ahead and say what it is. As a matter of fact, uh, mm-hmm. let's get let's go let's go and get to our draft class. So, you know, overall. Uh, Felix and Odike Uzama, he was the first pick in the first round at 31. And then after that, we got Rasheed Rice. And then after that, we got Wanye Morse. And then after that, we got Connor. Mm-hmm. I forgot what his first name was. Yeah, Connor. Shamari Connor yep. Yeah, Shamari Connor. See, I'm going to get that right, man. I'm telling you. I'm going <laughs> to get it down. I'm going to mm-hmm. get it down top of the dome eventually. So it's still kind of new to me. So, yeah. Uh, Jamari Connor, and then and then the next pick after that. What's the next pick after that, man? Got my man uh, B.J. Thompson out of Stephen yeah, F. Austin. Yeah, B.J. Thompson out of out of out of Baylor, Stephen F. Austin. Because I remember that dude. Because like when I saw the pick, I said this cat looks familiar. And then mm-hmm. I seen him um, in the slam dunk contest. I think it was Baylor's own dunk contest. I seen him jumping yep. somebody. I was like, yep, I remember that dude playing at Baylor. So, yep, we got him. And then you got. A possible sleeper in Keandre Coburn uh, at defensive tackle, so I'm looking forward to watching him play. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, he I, I know in the early on, you know, it's going to be a slow process, but he's somebody that we could use up in the middle to plug, you know, plug them a gaps and whatnot. And also, our final pick was our final pick was Nick Jones Nick. out of Ball State. <laughs> Nick Jones out of Ball State cornerback. So. Yep, those are our guys, and I feel like Brett Beach did a solid job with this draft class. So I gave it a solid B overall. Mm-hmm. It's, it's gonna be kind of it's gonna be tough to top what we did last year, but we'll just have to see what these guys do when they get an opportunity on the field. So what did you guys think of how Brett Beach did overall? Go ahead, D-Mac. Yeah. Um, so starting with the first pick, you know, Felix. Yeah, I think that when you we obviously came into the draft, you had to get edge tackle wide receiver pretty much with the first three picks um and so felix was a guy that was you know borderline early second round borderline first round type of guy they were able to go out and target him and i, I like the pick i think i was perfectly fine with it uh based on how the board fell and uh crazy <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I got to pick with Clark Hunt. I got, you got to pick with Clark Hunt. I saw the Clark Hunt pick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. not Gracie, though. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, Felix, I like the pick. He's going to come in. He's going to work in a rotational edge rusher to start out, kind of like George did last year, um, him and Charles on early downs. And then, like, I really am excited for this D-line rotation. So, Rasheed Rice, he was kind of a, a crush of mine as far as the wide receiver is concerned. I think come in. And do a lot of stuff that Juju did last year. That was very successful on offense, particularly against zone. Uh, so I'm excited for what he brings to the table. Wanye, he's going to be able to compete for one of those tackle spots. Um, I thought that Jones and Connor both are day three, you know, kind of DBs, long, tall, physical guys that have a little bit of athleticism. Connor's very versatile as well. So that's a Veach pick as far as the DBs are concerned. Uh, Coburn, like you said, sleeper. 
guy that can come in and do a lot of things that Colin Saunders did last year. He's he's bigger than Saunders as far as weight is concerned, but he is a better athlete for his size than you would be uh, suspecting. So early down defense alignment, he can come in and do. Um, B.J. Thompson, that is a, a really high upside guy. Like you said, basketball background, he comes off the edge with a lot of length and speed. So it would be very interesting to see his development. So overall, I agree with you. B, I think, is a fair draft. And, and look, coming off of last year, Beach knocked it out of the park. And so this year, you can kind of get a little bit uh, uh, of upside and a little bit of uh, interesting prospects that you want to fill in some holes with. So I was happy with what Breach ended up coming away with. Yeah, I I would agree. I think it's I think a B would be a good letter for this. Um, we went into the draft with ten picks, and you know it's not a, a really great draft class. So I was happy to see them take extra pick, get rid of extra picks, so that they could go up and get those guys that they wanted. Um, they covered the positions of need, like you said. We got an edge in uh, FAU, and we got. Rashi Rice, which I actually was watching film on him last night, and the way he's able to block, the way he's able, his spatial awareness, and the way he gets in space, like, I just think he's got a lot to offer. He's going to be a really good fit for this offense and what Patrick can do. So I'm really excited about him. Uh, I'm excited just overall about getting some new youth. I love the fact that we went in and grabbed an edge right away, obviously. So it was like round, I think it was the 20th pick is when wide receivers started to go, and I was like, they're not going to just let these wide receivers keep falling, are they? And it was like, as soon as I said that they did, of course, they all went like one, two, three, four in a row. So I was a little bummed about that. But then when we went and got an edge, I don't know, I was just really great to see that. And I was got a good book in for Carl Loftus and I'm excited to see what uh, Joe Cullen can do with him. It's going to be good. I think B, I love Brett Beach. I have all the faith in him. We're going to talk about all the other things that have happened since then, but I'm high on it. I'm gonna go C plus. I agree with a lot of stuff y'all said. I don't. I think we shouldn't even try to compare last year's draft with any class. It's kind of go. You don't want to chase after that. I mean, of course we want that, but it's gonna be hard to duplicate that. So I, I was cool with the like you said. We went after all the positions we wanted. It's just a matter of if you like those guys, Felix. I think he'll be cool. Uh, I still think we probably need a veteran pass rusher. Still, one more uh, pass rusher on the outside, and I'll be happy with our D-line. <laughs> Rasheed Rice, D-back, you know I've been arguing with you all summer about getting a receiver. So I, I didn't know a lot about him when we first drafted him. I, I've been, just like you, Tyler, I've been looking at a lot of stuff. I think he can work. I, I think he's more of a, a, a boom or bust type player like y'all were saying. I think his ceiling is pretty high. But then I could see him, if, if it was two, three years, we drafted another receiver, I could see that too. But some of the stuff he's doing to go get the ball when the ball's in the air, like I was saying earlier this summer, I was saying, Allen Robinson, I know he's, it's only 11 million, but he, you can just go throw the ball up and he can go get it. He's that type of receiver. You can just throw it up, he'll go get it. And he can do stuff once the ball's in his hand. So I think Rice... I'm definitely looking at him from training camp. Like you said, Wanya, Wanya, what? Wanya, Wanya, Morris. Yeah, Kanye with a W. Right, Kanye with a W. Remember that? I think what he used to play with uh with a bunch of our O line men already, right? 
Yes, he yeah, played left tackle next to Tree and uh, next to Trey in uh, Tennessee, and then he went to Oklahoma later on afterwards. So we know he yeah. has that chemistry with the team already. I think you sit him for probably this year. Let him be the swing type tackle, especially with the moves. I know we're gonna get to that here in a minute. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. And uh, what's that, BJ? Yep. Mm-hmm. He has that Spags body. The Spags won't. Was he six seven? That's your your JPP type in body wise. So I, I think we got a lot of boom and bust, man. I, I think we'll be okay. Like you said, we went, we didn't come into this off season with ten holes on our team. Yep. So I'm I'm, I'm fine with where we at. Let's see what's going on come training camp. Mm-hmm. And also, and I, and I just want to touch on my uh my opinion to draft as far as like some of these prospects, like. Felix, I'm just waiting for the news of uh, when Tom Ali reaches out to him. That's the news I'm waiting on now. Then it's really going to be scary hours because, like, you know, you got that Nigerian blood, man. You see, we get all these Nigerians all of a sudden. I mean, you saw earlier today we had signed a Nigerian from overseas. The, yep. uh, offensive line. Bring yes. some, yep, bringing some depth to our offensive line. So, you know, that's exciting. Um, you know, Felix, man, I think he's going to be a special player, man. I, I ain't going to predict, like, no Pro Bowl or all pros in the future or anything. But just a guy that could come in there and make a little bit of impact on the defense, you know. Like, last year, we coming off a year where we were second in sacks. And I think we can get pretty close to that, you know. So, that's that's how I feel about this whole defensive line group in general. And Boogie, like you mentioned, uh, we do we need a veteran defensive lineman still just to add to depth. And, like, there's still the possibility of maybe bringing Frank Clark back, even though that's kind of getting slimmer by the day. Or we can bring back Carlos Dun- Carlos Dunlap. So mm-hmm. I mean, there is that. But what I do like about Felix is this: that Felix, um, you can line you can line him up with his hand. You can put his hand in dirt. He can line up that way, or he can stand up like a linebacker and get to the quarterback that way. Um, he already has a pass rush plan. He's got already got different tools in his tool shed already. And I feel like you know Tamba can get can work with him a little bit. He can add a little more to his um, you know his toolbox than what he has already. And, like, he could get home on the inside, you know, do, like, little stunts here and there. So, and the versatility, and the versatility too. Like, you know, Brett Beach and Spags, you know, they, all those guys, they like they love versatility. They love having versatility on this team. They love guys that can do, like, more than one thing on this team. So I feel like we've uh, got that's three a, of those guys on the D-line now, too, Chuck. Mm-hmm. With Charles, yep. too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Charles Amenu, yep, definitely. Um, the, only, the only thing – that Felix will have to work on is just being a, being a little better against the run because sometimes, you know, he'll sometimes he'll get upfield here and there and he'll leave like you know lanes open for the running backs to get through. I mean that's that's just one area of his game he need to work on. But other than that, I think I think he's in prime position to be successful here as long as we got Joe Cohen and Spags here. So, absolutely. Question for y'all: mm-hmm. Who was y'all higher on coming out of college, Carlafis or Felix? For me, it was Felix. Um, I was not a big fan of Karloftis. Um, I knew that he was a very good chance of getting picked because Karloftis is a Spags egg classically. But Felix, I think, has really good bend around the edge. Um, he's a guy that needs to obviously improve as far as his hand usage. But as long as he does both of those things, then we could really have something cooking with Felix off the edge. But I didn't necessarily love what Karloftis was. He was a hustle motor power guy, but... 
Karloftis has proved me wrong to this point. He's been way better his rookie year than I thought he was going to be. So I'm happy to be wrong on that front. But, yeah, I was higher on Felix coming out. Yeah, I'm probably a Felix guy myself. Karloftis, uh, I was – I ain't going to lie. I was against the pick, you know what I mean, because me and Boogie, we can test this. Like, you know, we actually wanted somebody else in the first round. I was more like a Jermaine Johnson type of dude. But, mm-hmm. you know, it just goes to show that – they front the front office here in Kansas City. They know no more than I do. So, they know what they get too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll probably say Felix as well. And I think mainly, like I think for me in terms of skill level, it's similar. I feel like George came in with a little less experience, and uh, you've got Felix coming in. He's got a ton of experience, but I think really what's great about him is his story, that he's a local guy. I think that's like a feel-good story. Um, I think it's great that this was his dream to play for the Chiefs, and like here he is. So there's a little bit more um, attachment, like homegrown attachment there, I think, too. Yeah, Um, Mm. but nothing against Karloftis. We've seen what he's done, and I was very, to be fair, I was very high on Karloftis last year as well. Yeah. I want to ask you about Rasheed Rice because there's a lot of controversy with this pick. It seems like in comparison to all the other picks, like, you know, some people, they like the pick. They like that the Chiefs traded up for him. And then there's some people that is against it because basically mainly because of what you saw last year out of Rasheed Rice. And also people are concerned about separation. I mean, that's the main thing with him. Um, Because like in NFL, those windows do get tighter. I agree with that. But at the same time, like I feel like Rasheed Rice was playing through an injury. He was playing through a broken toe last year because – because I say this, like, last year, there wasn't a real Rasheed Rice. Like, the year before, for one, he had a better quarterback to play with than Shane Bouchel. I feel like he's better than Tanner Mordecai. So, <laughs> um, so you got to see a little more of the real Rasheed Rice from that aspect. Mm-hmm. Two, Andy Reid is the best at scheming guys opening in the NFL. So, that's why I'm not too concerned. Like, I feel like Rasheed Rice, he can work on that and get a little better in that area with the coaching that we have here. But he's got the, all the other tools, man. He's real physical. Like I saw somebody mention that he get physical in the run game. Um, you know, he can uh, jump out of the gym. So that, that's some of the things I'm liking from the kid. And I think he'd be a contributor, but don't expect high expectations in the first year because you know how to go to Andy Reid's offense. It'll take like two or three years to even get all the opportunities to even flourish in his offense. So he can maybe be like how Sky Moore was. Like when Sky Moore had got his name called and he stepped up in that Chargers game and that Rams game. And even the Bengals game, it could be something like that. Mm-hmm. One more question. Mm-hmm. Do y'all have Rasheed Rice having more yards than Scott Moore as a rookie? My answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scott, Sky Moore is going to have a, a pretty set role day one. And I think that uh, Rasheed is going to have to earn a little bit more of that. Um, so, But I, I, I love Sky, so. Wait, are you asking if he's going to have more yards than Sky had last year? Yes. Yep. Oh, yes. He'll have more yards than Sky had last year. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 Sky had 250 yards receiving last year, this rookie year. Everybody yeah. saying yes? Yeah, I think so, too. I think mainly because the wide receiving force seems to be a little – like, we're missing Juju now. I feel like a lot of targets were going to Juju last season. So, I feel like those targets are going to get freed up and go to Rishi Rice, who can play the slot as well. So, I think he's like a long-term Juju replacement, possibly, if things work out and then goes that way. Uh, so, I think so. I could see him getting more yards than Sky did last year. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think for the time being, like you mentioned, Kylie, uh, Juju's not here anymore. That opens up a little more, a few more targets. So I mean, right now you're looking at KT, MVS, Sky, and then Rasheed Rice probably be receiver number four, and then you got Justin Watson. Then it's a battle for the six receiver spot. Just Justin Essential, Watson, essentially number three, man. Good play. <laughs> Come on, man. Don't do this. Don't do this, Boogie. Don't do this already, bro. <laughs> so, but, so Boogie, so Boogie I got to ask. So in the first round, obviously, you're watching the four wide receivers go off as they do. Like, what are you thinking you. <laughs> compared to when we take Rasheed Rice on, on day two? <laughs> I'm really thinking how the how the board was falling. I'm like, oh, shit, we really about to be able to get Zay Flowers. Mm-hmm. Like, I really thought we was about to get a receiver. And then when the Ravens did, I think it was the Ravens and the Giants. However the order was, it was three teams coming up that had to get receivers. I knew if we didn't get then we wasn't going to get them. So after that, I kind of was like, damn. I know mm-hmm. we're going to get a receiver in the first round now. Yo, I just remember, I forgot about Richie James. I forgot that we signed that guy. So there's going to be some competition at wide receiver. Let's see how this plays out. It's going to be a lot so, of competition. Uh, so let me ask you. Let me ask you this: Since I don't think we're gonna carry a fullback this time, I mean, what is that spot? I mean, what position is that gonna open up for? Well, that was the interesting thing um, on the Kingcast Twitter page. I posted my uh, my little post draft uh, roster projection, and I kind of left it up. I think that the four tight ends make sense to have on this roster, given the fact that you know we know Blake Bell and Noah Gray can play that H back fullback type of role at times. So I expected them those four to make it. Whether that means that you get a fourth running back, depending on if a guy like Daenerys Prince, who maybe we'll talk about a little bit later, or based on what that wide receiver room ends up looking at, if it becomes seven wide receivers instead of just normal six, it's going to be interesting to see how they try and balance that out. Because like you said, there's a lot of competition between the three that we know is solid in KT, Sky, MVS. Now we know Rasheed Rice is going to be on this roster. Justin Watson, you assume, is going to have that fifth spot. You're talking about Richie James. Obviously, he's going to be in competition for that sixth spot. Everybody's favorite, Justin Ross. Uh, Amir smith Marset's a guy that's a return guy, can bring back some kicks. They also have some UDFAs. So where, where these roster numbers fall is going to be very interesting to see, assuming, obviously, that there isn't going to be a fullback on the roster and they keep four tight ends. So um, this wide receiver competition is going to be very fun to watch. I'm all in for four tight ends. Mm-hmm. I think how they improved last year, we still complaining about Jody Forson getting more snaps. I think you got to keep all four tight ends active. That's the only way you can do it is to make one of them use use one of them as an H-back, fullback, whatever, a little bit. So I'm definitely with that. And they go play special teams too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's – yeah, I agree. Yeah, and when the, you're talking about the tight ends, Noah Gray's fine with that. Bell's fine with playing special teams. You know, Jody is, has covered for a long time now. That's how he made the roster in the first place. So, yeah, it, all of those guys are very capable of being on the roster for sure. And as far as uh, you said, you know, what is everybody's thoughts in the wide receiver room? I'm comfortable with it. I know other people may not feel that way for, for understandable reasons. I think that they have done a good job at diversifying the talent. All these guys can play different roles. Chuck specifically spoke to the fact that Andy Reid is the best at scheming up talent. Uh, we know Travis Kelsey is the number one option in the offense, and Patrick Mahomes raises the floor of everybody else when you have an elite offensive line as well. So I'm comfortable where the wide receiver room is at, and I believe our top offense can continue to roll on. 
Shout out to the Queens, man. Shout out to the Queens. Shout out King the, the Queens. But yeah, uh, but yeah, like since we probably gonna carry four four tight ends, at least I'm thinking we're gonna carry four tight ends. I feel like Blake Blake Bell is essentially gonna be the fullback in certain packages. Since yeah. he is our best blocking tight end. Yep. And group, he can do that very well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And we can do and that it, little it, trick play they like too. <laughs> yes. Right. What you line them up as line them up as the quarterback. Yep. Do the quarterback see that way? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, D Mac, you mentioned something about UDFAs. Uh, I want to touch on that real quick. Because I do like how the Chiefs did in that area as well. Uh Denary Prince is probably my favorite guy. You know, I see mm-hmm. that Derek Derek Blaylock, the former Chiefs running back, he's been in the lab with him and everything. And he kind of looked like a he kind of like another Pacheco in a sense. And he might be just a tad faster, maybe. I mean, that's that's what I'm seeing from Prince, the film I saw. So I like in our running back death for right now. Yeah, he's a little bit less physical than Pacheco, but he is right. in the same mold. He's running a little bit upright, but he's got some speed and burst to him. Obviously, the vision isn't necessarily as great as you would want it to be. He's got limited pass reps as well. Um, so we'll see. I think that at the least, he's going to be a good insurance type of guy for Pacheco um, on practice squad to me. Um, and so everything else, you know, where he can earn a spot on the roster and where the numbers end up falling remains to be seen. Yeah, but then another guy I want to mention is um, Isaiah Moore. So what I'm, what I'm seeing is that he's basically like, uh, a great value or always safe version of Nick Bolton. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's basically what I got out of him. And then, and then one of my other favorite guys is uh, Nico Remigio. Um, he's a he's basically a return specialist. Now yep. I don't know if he's gonna necessarily make the squad. It's kind of a long shot, but I do like his ability to, you know, get 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 field position for the offense. You know what I mean? Because he has great return ability. I mean, I like what I saw from him on film. And he could be a steal for this team if he makes the squad. It's like a return guy here. So, yeah. Again, Remigio, good practice squad option if you need a return guy to call up at some point during the season if wide receivers get hurt. Uh, more like you said, a linebacker out of North Carolina State. Uh, he does a very good job at defending the run. Um, he's a little bit stiff in the hips as far as coverage is concerned, but that's why you say, oh, he's a Nick Bolton type of prototype. And so that's another guy that can be an insurance policy or possibly make the roster if it, if uh, the roster falls the right way. Mm-hmm. So, Kyle, you got something? Yeah. Uh, so I'm still brushing through those, but I think uh, Cam Jones, the linebacker, another linebacker mm-hmm. that we got in there, I think he's got – I mean, our linebacker room is just set. Like, we've got so many great options in there when you think about, obviously, Bolton and Chanel and uh, Gay. And, I mean, I think – Tranquil now. Tranquil. Yeah, Tranquil, exactly. Thank you. Uh, so, seeing if Cam Jones can come in and make it be, like, a fifth or sixth linebacker in there, I don't know. I just – I'm really excited about him. And then uh, the, the running back – Generic Prince, said. yep. Generic Prince, thank you. Uh, also really excited about him. I didn't think he was faster than Pacheco. That's going to be really interesting to watch. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. I love that they brought in all this extra young talent. I love how Veach has handled the draft this year. Uh, I will say they continue to surprise me. It's like they didn't consult me about anything. It's crazy. But, yeah, I feel like all the moves they're making every day, even the Donovan Smith uh, – pick up what yesterday i think it was completely shocked so we'll get into that but they just continue to keep me on my toes mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I know running back I, I not an important position, but the Chiefs have a good track record with running back. So I think Prince, just with that body type, is definitely intriguing. Especially when we got we know uncertainty with Clyde. Uh, McKenna's a one-year deal, so we still have to develop those third-down backs and stuff for for the future. So I'm definitely looking forward to him. So Dmac, uh, what was okay? So I I, I see that the juice is talking about the edge from Harvard and Truman Jones. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not too familiar with Truman Jones. Uh, Dmac, you might be able to break that down a little bit. Yeah, Truman Jones, uh, he's also a guy that I mentioned as far as my roster projection is concerned because he is a Spags edge. Um, he's a guy that is classic. He's about 250 pounds. You know, he's got long arms. Um, I liked the way that he had a lot of pass rush moves. Like, there's a little bit more to his bag. He's not a super athlete, but he's, he's athletic enough to come off the edge. Um, and there's a little bit of advanced moves. So, obviously, coming from Harvard, you want to see how he's going to be able to translate against tougher competition. But when you get into camp, he may flash in the preseason, show you something, and be able to make his way on this roster. But I'll say this. The thing that I love most about what Brett Beach has done at pretty much every single important position and this includes the signings that uh, of Donovan Smith and just in general, he has created so much competition for each one of these spots. It's going to be very difficult to make this roster. And that's always a good thing. That means that everybody, every single day at camp, and we know how Andy Reid likes to run camp. It's a challenge. That means every single day you got to come in there with you're ready to work because otherwise you're going to lose some ground to somebody. So all of these guys are hungry, trying to make a roster spot. And I love the way that they're going to be complete. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah, Truman did get a, a nice chunk of change. So I think that they will be trying to keep him around on the practice squad if he doesn't make the roster for sure. Yeah, it definitely looks like they want to keep him around for hey, a minute. Who so was the, la- the last time we paid somebody extra in training camp? Who was it? Well, last year um, in the UDFA class, Pacheco got a nice chunk of – I mean, not the not uh, the UDFA class um, – Pacheco got a higher bonus than his seventh round slot. Um, and so that was a little bit of an indication. Um, but in the UDFA class, I'm trying to think if we had anybody that uh, got an extra bonus. I can look that up real quick. I, I, I don't remember if anybody did. I'm sure somebody got a good bonus, though, because they, they do a good job with these priority free agents of making sure that the ones that they want, and especially ones they want to keep around a practice squad, they give extra money to. Yeah. yeah. Chris, I thought you saw the answer, man. But, um, if it's one day, uh, go to Gates, man. Ooh, Gates yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Or Gates. Slaps. Slaps in KCK. It's off of Central Avenue. Uh, uh, West Bottom Dish. Yeah. Yeah, a little past it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Slaps is good. Gates is good. They got the best sauce. I've never had Slaps before. What? You get over there. <laughs> I, I slaps cr- I slaps is good. I ain't never had. I'm gonna have to see what's up with it. Uh, good, boogie. Uh, okay. good sides. Okay. Good sides. <laughs> who who was it, dude, man? What you say? Jack Cochran. Jack. Uh, I mean, he ended up actually being active a few games, but yeah. So they identified him and gave him an extra bonus uh, to be a UDFA last year. So oh, okay. These bonuses sometimes do indicate how they feel about these players for sure. All right. So now that we done got through the the entire you know draft class or our own. Like, just overall, man, like, what was your biggest surprise overall with the NFL draft in general? Like, what, like, what draft pick was, what, what draft pick made you just go, like, huh? What the heck? And, like, which team had, like, the best draft overall, in your opinion? So, 
Let's start with those two questions. Uh, yeah, for me, I mean, the, the surprise of the draft, it started with the Texans trade up, and that was a little bit of a surprise because, you know, they paid a lot to go up and get Will, but I thought they did a good job in getting CJ and Will together as the cornerstones of their franchise. I understand it. Surprise for me was taking Jameer Gibbs at uh, 12 overall for the Lions. Um, I saw the Falcons taking Bijan from a mile away, which is hilarious on a different level, but Jameer Gibbs at 12. Woo, boy, that uh, I was not I was not looking. I was just wow, that flabbergasted uh, about all of that. So, whoo, but uh, they they obviously like him a lot. So that was the first surprise of the night. Um, second surprise of the night was probably a little bit of the wide receiver run that happened uh, 20 to 23, all of them going off at the same time, running the row. So that that kind of hurt me a little bit. But uh, yeah, no, those, those are two surprises. And for me, the team that had the best draft that you know people necessarily aren't like highlighting. I loved what Arizona did because they need all the talent in the world and they end up getting an extra first round pick an extra third round pick next year. They still got a, a franchise left tackle in Paris Johnson Jr. So I love what Arizona did. And they also got my guy, BJ Ojolari, which who I love at LSU as well. So I loved what Arizona did because they understood what was wrong with their roster and how much work is going to need to go into them fixing it in the future. So that's one for me. Uh, I will completely agree with you. The, the Alliance taking a running back was a complete shock. I could not believe it. Um, so that, let alone taking, having two running backs go in the first round, I thought that was completely crazy. Obviously with B-Jam, that's a little different. We all know he's a great talent, but uh, I was completely shocked. I felt like the Lions kind of had the, <laughs> the worst draft for me. Um, they also took Hendon Hooker, which I thought was interesting, being that they do have Jared Goff. I know he's not amazing but he's not terrible and i would say last season was probably one of his best seasons um i think he's 28 years old you know jared goff's got potential still um hidden hooker someone who was injured they took him i thought that was he's coming off of injury i thought that was really interesting so for me the lions had the worst draft i still shocked by all that uh best draft um it's hard not to say the eagles i mean like we were talking earlier uh, they just they're pretty much just georgia in Eagles jerseys now at this point. Um, shocked that teams allowed the Eagles to get the guys that they did and go after them. They had two really great first-round picks with Nolan Smith and um, – Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter. Thank you. <laughs> Jalen Carter. So uh, the Eagles are just Howie Roseman going in, and then they went and got Swift right before. They didn't draft him, but they get that trade and get Swift on that trade. That was – Howie Roseman was on a different level. I'll say that. He's been on a heater. <laughs> yeah, he has. Yes, he has. Yeah, I mean, easy answer, yeah. I definitely got to go with Eagles as the winner. I, I just don't understand why the league let them get even better on that D-line, which is should, as good as the 85 Bears 90% of the year last year, how they was talking. Mm-hmm. I thought the biggest <laughs> surprise to me was just, like you said, how the receivers dropped. I know everybody was saying the receivers was going to drop, but, I mean, all of them dropped to me. Like, I, I didn't expect all of them to drop. I thought we was going to at least get one receiver in the top ten. So, that, that to me, that was the biggest surprise. Yeah, I definitely yeah. thought Jason was going top 15. Yeah, I mean, the receivers, like, as soon as Jason – Finally got off the board. That's when the running receivers ran. It was like, bam, 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 bam. Mm-hmm. Like, four receivers in a row got picked. And, and I'm sure that's – I'm sure it's guys, I'm sure it's guys he was looking at, Boogie. He was looking at one of those guys because it did look like for a sec that we may have a shot at them. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, that run happened. So, 
it is what it is with that. Uh, for me, man, like, yeah. Like, at first, I was saying huh to the Jameer Gibbs pick, too. But they clearly saw something in him. And as you can see, DeAndre Swift got moved to the Eagles um, then the very next day or day three of the draft. So there's that. But but also, like, with Seattle, I mean, Seattle killed their draft. But I was not expecting Devon Witherspoon to be the first cornerback off the board. That's something I wasn't expecting. And mm-hmm. and at the time, at the selection, I was like, you know, Pete Carroll has been on fire with these, you know, secondary players. So, you know, you just got to take his word for it. Yeah. So that's how I saw it. But overall, they had a great draft. Uh, Pittsburgh, I love the hell out of their draft. You know, they got Broderick Jones um, for offensive line, and then they got Joey Porter Jr. in the second round. And then later on, you got Darnell Washington at tight end. Uh, they shoot, they killed it, man. And you guys mentioned the Eagles, too. The Eagles, they loaded up on Georgia Bulldogs. So I think they got like six on their roster now. Six yep. or seven overall, <laughs> which is crazy. And then, and then, but the thing, and then, like, there is one team I want to touch on real quick, and the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Like, after they mm-hmm. got Zay Flowers, cool. But I feel like they, they kind of disappointed a little bit. You know what I mean? Because I felt like they – to me, I understand J.K. Dobbins and his frustration about his touches and stuff, but you haven't proven to be healthy. You know, your health's been in question. And also Gus Edwards' health has been in question too. So I feel like they should have took another running back. And then also they could have – they also could have got another offensive lineman too because their tackles are pretty terrible. But um, – I thought like, they could have added DB too. Yeah, but – my biggest surprise overall that first round was Will McDonald as high as he went to the Jets at number 15. I was not expecting that one because, like, I was expecting him to be, like, a second-round type of dude. And the fact he went number 15, and I was like, oh, wow. I was like, okay. Over Nolan yeah. Smith, too. Right. And Miles Murphy. And Miles Murphy. And BJ, for me, at least. But, yeah. Ooh, buddy, they took Pretty- him early. Pretty crazy, but yeah, that, that I did see. But I did see the Queens in the comments mention the Texans. The Texans, yeah, they uh they killed pick two and pick three. You know they they was real aggressive and you got two of the best players you could ask for as far as like their needs and stuff. So yeah. you know the Texans is also a pretty good start. You know how they did in a draft class or whatever. So mm-hmm. um, this is some of my thoughts. So I got to ask, and I don't know, maybe you have this queued up as a question. I'm sorry if you do. What do you guys think about the AFC West, the rest of the AFC West, and how their drafts went? Like, are we uh, are we scared? Are we, like, how no. you guys feel? No. no. Not scared. I'm not scared. I know one thing. The Chargers fans were pissed off about that Quinn Johnson pick. They wanted Zay Flowers. They were saying Zay Flowers for the longest. And mm-hmm. when they saw Quinn Johnson coming across the screen, they was heated because, like, you know, they already got a big body receiver at Mike Williams. Yeah. You know, they was looking for that small receiver that can, you know, stretch the field and all that. But you got another big body. But what I've noticed with the Chargers organization in general is that they, they normally draft big body wide receivers. They've been usually like a big body receiver type of organization in general that's just that's just what they do absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. so him yeah. Mike be yeah. good, man. i think should be somebody to learn from yeah mm-hmm. it's gonna be interesting though because they they 
they probably going to get rid of Keenan Allen based on this cap hit and everything going into next year. So what they do with that wide receiver core, if it's just Mike Williams and Quinn Johnson, going to be interesting to see. I thought they were going to go Zay because they could use that speed, especially out of the slot, but they ended up not going away from it. But, you know, their draft overall was – was yeah. but Quinn Johnson in the first round is fine with me. Uh, but the, everything else kind of got a little bit iffy. Uh, the Raiders, they got Tyree Wilson, which I thought was a, a solid pick. Michael Mayer in the second round, also a good pick for them. I uh, didn't necessarily love anything else that they were able to do, so nothing nothing really of note there. Uh, Denver had limited picks. Uh, they got Mims in the <laughs> second round because, uh, yeah, you know, they're fighting Russell Wilson's over there. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they got uh, Riley Moss and uh, – uh, I think it was uh, J.L. Skinner. So, you know, nothing really of note as far as the AFC West is concerned. Nothing uh, to be concerned about as far as I'm, as far as I see. Give, give it a couple of weeks, though. The Chargers will be AFC West champions and uh, going to the Super Bowl by everybody. We're waiting on C-Dot for sure. that, man. Oh, that's right. <laughs> C-Dot will pick. Oh, Stop. Man. Has he really? Yeah, it's all about this. Oh, <laughs> Let's see that, dog. Uh, Colin had uh, Chargers. What was number three in his AFC rankings? So yeah, we're we're getting the Chargers hype train, man. It's the summertime. This is how it goes, dog. That's how you know it's officially summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we getting there. Mm-hmm. Yep. So now, now, now that we got the draft stuff out the way, let's go on and get to the news that's happened during the week. Uh, Jeb McKinnon, he's back as a chief. So that adds to our running back death still. Now, the question with this signing is this. I know somebody – yeah, I'm going to read this real quick. Respect, sport, and voice. Yeah, Mother's Day is coming up. Respect Mother's to you Day for that comment, man. So, yeah, um, I want to touch on that real quick with CEH. Okay, so somebody had mentioned, like, what, what are the Chiefs going to do with CEH? Like, I know they declined his fifth-year option, so – I assume that they're going to move on with CEH after this season, you would think. You know, especially with the UDFA signing of Prince, I would think Prince will improve his game a little bit and be ready to come up on the depth chart soon. I mean, what do you guys What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that CEH has not, wasn't going to have that picked up. I mean, it would have been an expensive compared to what his role is, so there's no really real reason to do it. So, yes, hit that like button. Um, so, yeah, no, CEH – He's going to come in. I think he, I don't think he's going to be off this team at this point. I think they feel pretty good about him being a third running back at this point. So he's going to come in, compete, um, and see if he can hold on to that spot. I do think that there is uh, a Jarek McKinnon insurance policy uh, to CEH early on in the season so that you don't have to go to Jarek McKinnon as much and he can be fresh for the playoffs. And so he could do some of those similar things as far as pass blocking, catching the ball out of the backfield, spelling Isaiah Pacheco. Um, and obviously doing some of the red zone work as well, as we saw earlier on last year. So I think CEH is perfectly fine to be used in this backfield this year. And then next year, probably going to have to uh, go ahead and say uh, sayonara uh, like we have to a few other people. <laughs> yeah, um, I think he's definitely going to be he's going to be in there fighting for position. Uh, I think, like you said, we're going to see McKinnon in the back half of the year. You're going to see CEH used a little bit more September, October, uh, before the bye, that kind of thing. Uh, I like CEH in the passing game. Uh, outside of that, I have a hard time get, getting on board. I mean, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Um, I, we'll see. He probably won't be here after that next season. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I, I think uh, Clyde, for right now, I think he can make the roster. But if there is a run, a starting running back somewhere that gets hurt, I think he'll be on the first boat out. <laughs> I just think they'll do what's best for both of them. I think it'll help for him to go somewhere else to get an opportunity and for us to get some compensation. I mean, it's going to be like a sixth-round pick or something, not like we're getting a real pick. But I could definitely see him getting traded this season. I, or, or I could see him getting the, the Rojo treatment too, but I don't mm-hmm. think he's gonna have a big uh, place in this system anymore. I don't. Boogie, can I ask you a question? Yep. Let's say you have a running back down, uh, and I'm gonna give you some names. Just just roll them off. Would you rather trade for Ceh or sign Zeke Elliott or Leonard Fournette or Cream Hunt or J.D. McKissick or Gio Bernard or Dale Williams? Can you trade? <laughs> Well, There's a lot of people, right? <laughs> I think some of those people will be signed to a team before. I agree with that. Like I think yeah. Before the season, he'll be signed. But I still think somebody would. I mean, do y'all think DeAndre Swift is like that? I mean, I think he's better than five. Don't get, don't he's more me. athletic, and I think that's all the Eagles care about. Yeah, and he plays with Georgia, that, and so that helps. <laughs> yeah, just know that Swift is not an every down bag, man. Like I no, think he's sure. like a no, fit, sure. he's a fifteen carry back mm-hmm. at most. Absolutely. Yeah, and that, that's um, all the but, Eagles want. They want somebody that can work in because they got Penny and Gainwell and Scott. So they just need somebody to be in the uh, committee. I, I, I think some the Green Bengals still comments. might begin on Clyde, man. I, I think the Bengals might look at Clyde. To be honest. I think if somebody calls for Clyde, I think that they will work out a trade. Um, I just don't know if anybody's going to call, <laughs> unfortunately. Don't start that in the comments, y'all. Come on. No, yeah. I should have I should have left his name out. That was my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> I knew that was going to set the comments off. Is it, is it surprising that his name is still available, though? Not to be. Are you surprised that he hasn't been signed yet? Kareem Hunt? Yeah. He was not last Chiefs year. fans think he is better than he is at this point in time. I'm not saying he's bad, but I think we think that if he just came here, he's going to be back to that Kareem Hunt before that incident. I just think those days is over. I think, it's, yeah, like a little nostalgia. Like they want that running back bag. But yeah, I think it's over. I think that's done. And personally, like I don't want the Chiefs to bring him back. I've been on that firmly on that side of the position. For a long time. Callie said they want that old thing back. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, he wasn't He wasn't a good running back last year. And, like, he's, it is what it is. Getting to 30. He's got a lot. He's got some tread on his tires. I'm good. I don't I don't necessarily need to invest in that personally. So, so. I think I think Pacheco's about to have a season. We're going to see, I don't know, Pacheco 2.0. I mean, Pacheco got used for like what, maybe ten games of the regular season, and then he right. still was getting up to there in rushing yards and receiving yards. So, look, he can take his game to a whole different level with another year of experience, and the offensive line is still going to be very good. He could, he could have, he can have a legitimate twelve hundred yard season, maybe fifteen hundred scrimmage yards. That's that's very much within reason for Pacheco next year. That, that's all up to Andy Reid. Also as well. <laughs> Sporting voice. Like, how can you claim that without hardware, dude? 
It's like week in, week out with this. Come on. We're still on that. I love sporting verse. This is very fun. He was doing so well. Sport, you doing so well. I mean, bro. I love it. I enjoy it so much. <laughs> he came in trying to let our guard down. Happy Mother's Day and all that. Right. right. Boy, you slick, man. You almost And I saw, I was like, why is he saying Happy Mother's Day to people? Yeah. Know your role and shut your mouth. Exactly. <laughs> I do love it, though. The comments feast on him. Sorry, sporting. Yeah, but 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 Kylie, I agree with you. I think honestly, you want this might be a hot take. I'm a, I'm gonna say it right now. Okay, I think Pacheco. I think Pacheco ends this season top five in rushing. Mm. Calling it right now. Ooh. you heard it here first, folks. I take. Chuck said it. Mm -hmm. Top five in rushing yards. I'm, I'm gonna clip it. that up. I'm gonna clip that up. Yep. So, so like, but now back to Jed McKinnon, you know, Jed McKinnon, we already know he's going to bring, you know, he, he's going to come in and, you know, come in on third downs, you know, you know, help chip, help pass protect, catch the ball at the backfield. And you, it may need him to run the ball here and there too. But now I don't know if he's going to go on that streak he had recently. He's, you know, I think he had, what is it, like six consecutive games with a touchdown or something crazy? Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. Was on a long six, touchdown seven, streak. he's up there, man. He just caught a whole bunch yeah. of them. Yeah. It was yeah, nine it was on the season, crazy. right? Nine on the yeah. season, yep. Yeah. 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 It was a crazy <laughs> run. So uh it's great to have the jet back, man. You definitely need that veteran presence there in that run. Absolutely. Absolutely. Biggest play in the Super Bowl. Well, one of the biggest plays in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Don't forget that too, man. I'm happy to be back. Yeah, he's a vet experience. He's smart. He's a team player. He's a real captain. Like, what was it, last year was his first time being able to be a captain, and he really yep. owned that role. And I was, I just think – him with continuing to work with Pacheco and then uh, I'm terrible Prince. names tonight. Prince, thank you. I'm awful with names tonight. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think his veteran experience will really help their development. And I'm just, I'm pumped he's back. Even if he is like late in the season, I think he's going to make a huge impact again. I was like slamming the table for him before last season. And then he comes out with this crazy, amazing 2022 season. I'm like through the, through the roof, ready for him. Yeah, I, I love. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Boogie. Go ahead, man. I was gonna say I, I love to see him back because when you talk about everything that he brings to the table, his ability to pass block, his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, that is the perfect complement to what Pacheco brings to the table in the games that matter most. And like I said, with Ch hopefully being used earlier on, so that he's fresh legs when it, when the when the games matter most. So I'm really happy that he's going to be back. Like you said, a veteran in the the, the room, so that they can learn from them as well. Um, and, and at the end of the day, when you're talking about a guy that takes a, a, a running, you know, play in the Super Bowl and it's an inch from the goal line and scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl and chooses the right thing for the team, give me that guy on my team every day of the week and twice on Sunday. I want that every single time. What was what was his deal? I didn't, what did he sign for? I don't think they disclosed the numbers yet, but I'll look it up. Right. right. Go ahead, Cody. Uh, I haven't seen anything either. I was just going to say, the most impressive thing about McKinnon is he is my size blocking people. Like, <laughs> that shit, that's crazy to me, man. And it's it's not and just, it's like, not blocking just like people. Blocking it's like putting them on the ass when yeah. he blocks them, too. Like, Put them in the dirt. Yeah. Uh, they haven't released the numbers, but, you know, it, it won't be any sizable type of contract, but it'll be interesting to see. I'm wondering if he gets more than he got last year. Yeah, yeah that'd be he got one point three ish last year. So he, he he deserves a raise if they can give it to him for sure. My thoughts oh, exactly. Yeah. 
definitely. Mm-hmm. And I want to bring this stat out real quick from How About Those Chiefs? Shout out to Cole. Okay, so Jerry McKinnon had nine receiving touchdowns. We touched on that. That's one more than Justin Jefferson, two more than Tyreek, and three more than DK, what they had all season. So there's that. He was tied for sixth in the league for receiving touchdowns last year. That's why. <laughs> that was top six in the league in receiving touchdowns last year. A backup running back. Backup running back. <laughs> right. Only Andy Reid's offense, man. <laughs> man, only Andy Reid's offense. Incredible. But, yeah, let's touch on the other news. Donovan Smith, um, he got signed as the left tackle. It's a one-year, $9 million deal. And, you know, a lot of people at Chiefs Kingdom, they, they kind of confused about the signing. Some is like, this could be a death piece. Other people like, he may actually be our starting left tackle. And then we paid Jawan Taylor to be the highest-paid right tackle in the league. So uh, we don't know what's going to happen with this. Like, Donovan Smith, I know he had a down year last year. He was struggling mildly. Um, I know he was playing through injury. But, like, the year before that, you know, he was a top 10 left tackle, essentially. Uh, I know D-Mac, he brought up, like, his his pressure rate. I think it was pretty – it was up there as far mm-hmm. as uh, the left tackles are concerned. Um, so, I mean, what do you guys think of the signing overall? Do you think Donovan Smith can get back to form what he was two years ago? If he does get an opportunity to start, if he is the starter, if he does play, how's it going to go? Yeah, I have absolutely no clue if he can, to be honest with you, because, you know, it's injury and he's up there in age and obviously he's a nine year veteran at this point. Um, but when you talk about Donovan Smith, like you said, he was playing through injury last year. He had a hyperstended elbow and that really limited what he could do with his hands um, at times. And then later on in the year, um, he had a foot injury as well that limited what his movement ability was. So in 2021, like you said, he was easily a top 10 left tackle. He was a guy that uh, was getting praises sung from everywhere because, you know, the Buccaneers off the line was pretty good. Um, and then obviously last year he struggled some, but. Obviously, they're bringing him in on a, what we expect to be an incentive-related deal, and we're going to see exactly how much he has in the tank. And I think that if he shows that he can be a version of his 2021 self at left tackle, then I think that they're going to play him there just because they know what they're getting out of that veteran, and they'll leave Jerron Taylor on the right side. If he's not, then they'll put Taylor over on left and then have the competition between Wanye and Niang on the right side. But Coming out of the draft, we needed a veteran tackle. The the, the fourth tackle was going to be Prince Terry-Wagnogo. I wasn't going to be comfortable with that reality. And so bringing in Donovan Smith makes a lot of sense for this team just for competition-wise and for a veteran presence in that room. So I'm fine with the signing. I said it all the way back in March. I thought that he could be a, a nice veteran option for us on a, on a cheap deal for a prover type of contract. And so glad that they were brought him in. And, and uh, I will say the timeline's reaction to it was absolutely hilarious. Um, the last thing I'll say, even last year when he had a down year, um, he had a better pressure rate than Orlando Brown Jr. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Hey, uh, I was con- I was very confused when I read that we had just signed him. I was like, wait, what? I don't know. It was just really out of left field. I feel mm-hmm. like, um, but like you said, I'm really happy to have an extra depth piece, a veteran over there. Um, it does make me wonder how healthy is Lucas Niang. I think there's a little bit of question there. Like, is there some things going on there that maybe he's not going to be able to play right away? Um, and so they got to move Juwan Taylor over there. I don't know. I just It makes me question some of the uh, other talent levels of Juan Morris and then also some of the uh, injuries with Niang. So we'll see, but glad to have extra depth. 
more people protecting Patrick Mahomes is fine with me. The last thing we want to see is something like a repeat of 55 where all of our tackles are out and we've lost our line. So I'm all for more depth. I, I think you can look at it two ways. The first way is if he's the right tackle, I'm I'm happy because it will be an improvement over Wiley. It will be an improvement over Niang. But if he starts at left tackle, I'm going to feel some type of way. Because to me, that means you spent this all season uh, paying a right tackle, which is not an uh, important position. And you could have used that money to improve your receiver core, your, your pass rush. To me, you could have did something else with that. If you just go let him be, Juwan be a, a right tackle. You, you don't pay a right tackle premium money unless it's Lane Johnson. That's just me talking. But if Donovan can start at right tackle, uh, I'm happy because I'm on this boat. Niang is not a good tackle. That's just me talking. I, I think he's better than him. I think I think the Chiefs fans are higher on Niang than the, the, the coaches are. I mean, he's been hurt every year. When he wasn't hurt, he was overweight. Like it. We should have seen this coming if Veach was going to get somebody else. You can't go into the season with Niang being your, your only right tackle, veteran right tackle. It, it just couldn't happen. So, I don't know. I guess we'll see come training camp. Yeah, I will say, I will say this. Um, I saw the clip, I saw the, the video Nick Jacobs posted. Shout out to Nick Jacobs at uh, Channel 41. Uh, does the sports session, sports producer, but. I saw the clip of him posting up what Donovan Smith did in the very first game last year against the Cowboys, and he looked pretty good for the most part. And then, you know, at the very end, you saw where he hyperextended his elbow, and, and I just wonder if that just affected his performance throughout the rest of the season. I mean, that's my thing with the Donovan Smith signing. So, like, you know, everything's good with his elbow and everything. I think he could bounce back a little bit. Like, I am going to keep a close eye on – what the Chiefs going to do as far as him and Jawan Taylor is concerned. But if Donovan Smith is the starting left tackle and Taylor is the right tackle, I mean, I'm not going to throw a fit about it, but, you know, just hope that Donovan is good to go. So, I will say I, I'd be very surprised if Donovan Smith starts at right tackle. Um, I think that given the fact that both of these guys have a lot of experience in their particular tackle spots, I think that they will leave them at that spot if they end up coming in. Um, you know, I, I've said it in the past – when you're talking about paying Jawan Taylor the money that they did, it's a lot of money, no doubt about it. But it is money that if you're getting top tackle or tackle play at either spot, I understand it if you're going to be able to have that book in um, because the positional spending is fine for me. Uh, so it all depends on how it ends up working out competition-wise. I've been a Niang guy, but I never thought that Niang should be handed this job. I thought they should draft a guy and bring in a veteran guy so that they have the maximum amount of competition because, like I said, we got to make sure that Mahomes is respected. He can't have another Super Bowl 55 uh, repeat. And I think I liken the Donovan Smith, Donovan Smith signing to how they brought in a guy like Kyle Long uh, a, when they drafted Trey and, and brought in Tooney as well, just so that they can have that veteran option if they feel like that's the best option. Of course, if the guy comes in and outperforms him, then you know you're going to give him that job like Trey Smith ended up doing from Kyle Long. But I like the fact that there is a veteran depth option along this offensive line and i think that's a good sign moving forward and Andy yeah, might I'll... just go best five too hmm? yeah, i think that's, that's ultimate goal 
whether whether it's a young guy and and Taylor or or it's Smith and Taylor, whatever that best five is going to be, I think they want to go ahead and get everybody a wealth of experience at each time, and then we'll roll out whatever the best option is. Yep, I got a question. I got, I want to get to the comment from earlier about Patrick was Holmes um, saying they prefers better right tackles. Um, I mean, how true is that? I mean, do you agree with that comment? Uh, I think, well, obviously, no, because people think Mitch Schwartz obviously was the all-pro right tackle. Fisher was just a solid left tackle. I I don't know. I think that he prefers tackles that give him the opportunity to step up in that B-gap. Guys like Orlando Brown Jr., guys like Andrew Wiley, because they got beat to the outside shoulder so much, did not really give him that opportunity because it was very difficult necessarily to get there quickly, so... I think as long as he has athletic tackles on the outside, even if maybe the power is a little bit much, they are able to give him, they, you know, quote unquote, die slow as far as they talk about on the offensive line. They give Mahomes a chance to avoid pressure, but I don't think he has a preference of which tackle is better or whatever. I think he just wants the best five they can have out there, kind of do what Boogie was saying. But I seen Jason Dunn talking about this earlier. It's a difference between left tackle and right tackle. If it wasn't, the pay would be the same. It's a reason mm-hmm. why Orlando Brown is trying to be a left tackle. Mm-hmm. The money is better. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, the left tackle has to be more important than right tackle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that blind side is a real thing. Yep, for sure. Uh, Paul, it's it's coming really soon, man, because, like, the Giants, they just locked up Dexter Lawrence today with his contract. So, mm-hmm. yep. now it's late. Yes, and that's good news for the Chiefs. He got a 20, 22 and a half mil a year. Uh, I think it was five years, 90 million. Um, and good for him. Uh, he also got 60 million guaranteed. So that's good news for the Chiefs. It keeps that number, you know, within range here. Um, and as far as Chris Jones' extension is concerned, I preach patience. Take a deep breath. Chris Jones is probably somewhere, you know, on a beach or something, you know, and he's not necessarily doing Don't worry about it. We'll talk later on in the summer as, as camp gets closer. Mm-hmm, for sure. Now, let's get to some of the fun stuff, man. Okay, so I want to talk about Travis Kelsey. You know, of course, getting lit, drunk at uh, his own Kelsey Jam. His first ever music festival. I saw the crowd was, you know, it was a good crowd and everything. It looked like it was a good turnout. But, man, some people really thought that was the actual Super Bowl trophy that he spiked. That was, that's what was hilarious to me. I said, y'all, it's a replica, man. <laughs> it is indeed a replica. Travis is not that stupid to do that with a real thing. Guys, like people really thought that. Thought, yeah, people thought it was real. <laughs> people are yeah. wild. Hilarious. Really, and it didn't. I can't. I know. I've seen all the videos and all the people talking shit on Travis because of it. It's just so ridiculous. Just a reason to be mad and gripe. It's off season. I, I still oh, love man. it. I, I love all of it because it means that yeah. they're upset that we keep winning. <laughs> that's that's exactly. really all that comes that back to me. <laughs> it, it's all about us winning. It, it, that just it, makes me happy. <laughs> it's just petty. Yeah, it's like a petty reason to be upset. But yeah, like you said, like they're just mad that we keep winning. And I don't care. <laughs> exactly. I really don't. And then there's more fake outrage with some of these parents talking about um, Charles Kills, he's being a poor role model to the kids. I'm like, athletes aren't <laughs> Weren't made to be role models to begin with, yo. He's just having fun. Like, if you think your kids will be affected by seeing Travis Kelsey, yeah, dog. Like, you're not doing a good job as a parent yourself, man. That's just how I look. I guarantee there were worse things going on around them than him up there spiking that. Yeah, 
If you if yeah, you want Travis Kelsey to be <laughs> oh for, yeah <laughs> no, but if you want Travis Kelsey to be a, a robot to talk about a guy that was you know kind of didn't have his life together in college and, and he got it back on the right track and all of a sudden is, is at the top of his craft you know in the professional aspect and so that that's the robot aspect of Travis Kelsey. Uh, I think he gets to uh, have a little bit of fun at his own concert that he's hosted, man. Uh, but Rita. Reed saw, said something funny. I think he did an interview. Maybe it was Rich Eisen or he did it with somebody yeah. else. Yeah. He he said that uh, the trophy that Mahomes handed away during the parade was also a replica. He, he kind of let yeah. that slip. <laughs> he said Mahomes yeah. gave one away too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, speaking of Travis Kelsey, um, you know, him and Patrick Mahomes, they, just, they decided they're going to play in the match against the Splash Brothers of the Warriors, Steph Curry and Clay. Um, out in Vegas, so I believe that's in late June. So that's gonna be pretty interesting, pretty exciting. You know, to, Chuck to gonna faint when assassin. he sees Chuck. Chuck is gonna faint when he sees Steph and Mahomes on the same. You just in the same <laughs> area. He's just like, oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of talent in one spot. <laughs> you wild man, you wild. <laughs> but yeah, that should be pretty exciting. That's gonna be. I'm sure the trash talk is gonna be quite exquisite. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I know Steph Curry's probably like the best golfer out of all them dudes, but Patrick's not that far behind, so it's gonna be interesting. And you know, oh. Travis, man, Travis gonna make it a lot of fun. And then Clay with his uh underrated trash talking, you know, how monotone he gets with his trash talking, but when he speaks, though, Clay is just hilarious. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we get hilarious. another sound bite like last year, yeah, about Harvard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that depends on how many uh that depends on how many lights uh you know Mahomes knocks back before the the, the third hole. <laughs> and it was funny he when they they did that match um with him Rogers Brady and uh Josh Allen he started playing better when he started knocking them back so we'll we'll see how how many he's got cracked open man. I've seen the interview about that too man. Mm-hmm. Oh man, Paul, don't do that. Paul. You know he's gonna do it. You know he's gonna do it. And look, I not get it because he took a picture with LeBron James, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll save the LeBron topic for uh, after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the way, the Lakers they currently losing a halftime to the Warriors, so there's that. Oh, I, but anyway. I forgot the game started. <laughs> That's why you're in a good mood. Okay. <laughs> Dang, you silly man. That's funny. But but anyway, um, I'm sure I believe that's on the news that we have to cover. Like D Mac, is there anything else you got in mind? Yeah, as far as news concerned, that's pretty much all it is. Um, rookie mini camp is coming up this weekend, so we get a, a full look at obviously the new guys who we drafted, um, and obviously the UDFAs will be coming in as far as the camp invites as well. So we'll be interested to see uh, what exactly comes out of, you know, any type of conversations from there. Um, outside of that, I don't think that there was anything really significant in the press conference. Um, I don't know. Did we talk about Blaine Gabbert being signed as the backup quarterback? Um, I don't know if, we, if you guys did have a chance to talk about that. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, nothing, nothing too big uh, happened. Yeah, Blank Everett's the guy now. Shane Bouchel, now I don't know if he's going to be a practice squad guy or what. So we'll see how that goes for him. But I think Blank Everett, he's definitely going to be the backup since they signed him. So, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Shane, Shane will be the developmental quarterback, and then that's just what it is. Perfectly fine. Yeah, I thought I thought Regardless. Shane looked good enough last. If he can get better than he did last year, I think you keep him on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. For sure. All right. So before we go ahead and wrap this up, uh, let's go and get to our sponsor before we get up out of here. Uh, shout out to the good people at Homage, man. Uh, today, they special is 20% off of T-shirts. That's what they currently have going on right now. Um, and they got some new stuff going on here. You got uh, the Shop NFL Pigskins. That's a new thing they got going on. So it's a new T-shirt line out right now. Um, you also got the Pop Culture Tees going on. Uh, you got your uh, National Parks collection they got going on. And then you also got the new MLB shirts out, too, uh, mm-hmm. with Tops with Tops cards. So I saw that, and that's what we got. That's what we got from homage today. So, copy some gear, pay homage. Get y'all some Royals gear, man. World Series 2024. I don't know. It might be longer than that. It might be, longer than that. <laughs> it might be a few years. <laughs> Look, man, it feels like another. It feels like it's gonna be another thirty years, dog. We're gonna be old as hell before they win another one. <laughs> oh man. Listen, D Mac, your Cardinals ain't doing much better. So no, we are we are bad. It is terrible right now. Like it is hard to watch, dog. Like I turned on the game earlier today, and I was just like, oh, this feels like a chore. It's it's, oh, we just finding every single way to lose the game. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the crazy part: the Royals actually score runs today, but they gave up runs. So we did too. I think we scored like seven, but we gave up eleven, so it didn't matter. Right. I seen somebody on Twitter say they've been betting against the Royals every game, man, and I need to do that this weekend. I need to make sure yeah. I might need to do that. Yeah, it's looking like a long season, man. So, yeah, it's probably the way. <laughs> but with that being said, man, so what? you got anything else booked before we get up out of here? We're getting closer, man. Go Chiefs. We got what? One more month to training camp. No, we got two. Um, more. We, we got. Yeah. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm moving a little July. fast. I got a little too excited. Yeah, I know. Everybody can't wait. Everybody, everybody can't wait. Can't wait. Camp. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, listen. I'm be paying attention to wide receivers and offensive linemen for sure, man. Oh man. So. Absolutely. Can't wait to see those uh those trade those uh clips hit the uh, Twitter, man. Can't right. wait to see it. That's it. Paul yes. made a very good one. Yes, that's the Get next released. big milestone. Yes. Schedule yes. release next right, week, Paul. May 11th. May 11th. Yes, yes sir. Looking forward so we, to that. We're gonna have some fun next week with that. Mm-hmm. Bengals, mm-hmm. come on, week one. Watch us put that jewelry on. Come on, come on, sport yeah. boy. Yeah, I'm seeing that order of Dolphins. You know, Tyreek yeah. returning for week one. I've been seeing mm-hmm. that. So, those are the main two. But with that being said, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, share all your social media platforms. Like, thank everybody for tuning in. We're on all platforms Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook Live, Twitter Live, you name it. And until the next episode, we out of here. Peace.